building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Today in this episode, Angela and Patty will be discussing sensitivity towards others in the workplace and within daily personal lives. Yes, and talking about sensitivity, if your ears are burning from the construction noise outside, I apologize. (laughs) They're working on beautifying the building next door. It seems like an eternal project, but we're all a work in progress, (laughs) and Patty and I are working at home, so that's the noise I work with. So, Patty, how did we come to this topic? How did it come about? Well, we were talking about a blog post that I wrote called What? Sensitivity Training. And that's where the idea came from. And the idea came to me from watching a movie called Sensitivity Training. It caught my eye because it was about a life coach, business coach, and her reluctant client. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the story, and here's how it goes. Serena, the client, is a microbiologist, and she is excellent with bacteria, but not so good with people. She has no filter. She said whatever she thought, no holding back, no holds bar. After belittling a colleague in a staff meeting and then the coworker committed suicide, Uh-oh. Serena, yeah, <laughs> Serena is mandated into sensitivity training with Caroline, the coach. Caroline has a positive outlook of life and she represents everything Serena dislikes. But Caroline is determined to help Serena. Caroline was at a crossroads in her coaching career. She wanted to coach on more than sexual harassment cases and make a difference in people's lives. In the movie, the coaching-client relationship becomes unprofessionally blurred at times. However, Serena had positive behavioral results from the coaching process. How many of us have been in similar circumstances where a supervisor or a coworker could use sensitivity training or even ourselves for that matter? Probably all of us at one time or another have said something insensitive and probably didn't even realize it. I know I have throughout my life and my career. Who, who can benefit from sensitivity training? Everyone. I feel everyone can benefit from it. Oh, my gosh. I hope I haven't made anyone commit suicide. That would be <laughs> yeah. uh, a very big concern. So, Patty, this brings to mind um, this is a reason in our workplace why people are under so much stress or emotional stress. Um, Why do you think we have such unapproachable or awful leaders? How does the culture of an organization allow or encourage 
those supervisors or leaders to be heartless or insensitive? Well, Angela, let me start off with an inflexible boss who is arrogant, distant, unreasonable and unapproachable. I think we've all had somebody, either a boss or a coworker or somebody in management that has been an inflexible leader. They are close-minded to any changes and will not listen to any new ideas, consider different options or new technology. The inflexible boss promotes fear over staff to ensure they follow their way of doing things. There is absolutely no risk taking or changing the flow in the process. And sometimes an, an inflexible leader is really not an inflexible leader. They're being told from the top. Mm things need to stay the way they are. Why does the culture or organization allow or encourage this? Because they see results, the same results year after year. We have all seen good companies putting incompetent, inexperienced or even abusive people in positions of authority within their organizations. Maybe they made a bad hiring mistake and neglect to deal with it. Or is it a pride issue? And what does that mean? That they don't want to own up to their mistake. Or it could be a relative in the company to somebody that's high up or something like that. Or it could be company politics of why they haven't dealt with this person. They were told to hire that person by somebody above them. So they're not dealing with that person because of that fact. Um, I've got another question here, Patty. And, sure. Um, you mentioned that they, they see the same results year after year. So from your experience, does that give them a sense of predictability? And that's why they don't, one of the reasons also why they don't deal with ineffective culture in the company or not ineffective because it so, must be giving them some results. But if there's a negative company culture, they don't deal with it because they feel, well, it's the same Thing year to year and I know what I'm dealing with right and by not taking risks or not changing things it's it's more comfortable it's more um, complacent to where mistakes won't happen because we're doing the same thing over and over again procedurally wise so nothing's on... changing nothing's yeah. changing so we're not going to be making a mistake oh that's pretty huge so if they don't change there won't be the risk of another mistake being made from the change right last time in the podcasts we looked at 
coaching and cultural awareness. And in that, we were looking at being sensitive to the subtleties of culture and how the culture influences an individual. How would you say that sensitive sensitivity coaching or sensitivity training is different to cultural awareness? It sounds like to me there's a bigger focus on empathy and compassion. Sensitivity training is intended to sensitize people on their attitude and behaviors that unwittingly cause offense to others. Workplace sensitivity training is to ensure that everyone in the workplace is respected and treated appropriately, regardless of who they are. It also involves learning to be respectful and can consider the perspectives of others. To put it simply, it means being aware of your attitude and behaviors which could cause offense to others while being open to other people's points of view that may differ from yours. Now, cultural awareness are programs to promote diversity and cultural awareness within the industry. Understanding the difference between yourself and people from other countries or other backgrounds, especially differences in attitudes and values. So back to your question, is there more empathy and compassion in sensitivity training? I think when going through the training or coaching, it opens your eyes to other people's, how other people perceive you through your words and actions. It also helps you recognize thoughts, ideals, bias about yourself that you didn't realize. Going back to the movie, Serena had a wake-up call through sensitivity coaching and training that changed her personal and professional life forever. She started smiling. She was happy and enjoying life for the first time. Serena had a friend, a pet turtle, and a newfound relationship with her half-brother. She was listening and engaging with her staff. As a team, they came up with a solution to kill a prog- problem bacteria. For Serena, sensitivity coaching and training was the best thing that had ever happened to her. It changed her life for the better. So does it promote that? I think it does. Yeah, you're actually isolating some really important skills. Patty, I'm interested in a larger trend in our world that allows insensitivity to be the norm in our lives. I see insensitivity becoming accepted in our families and our community too. And I see the insensitivity in the workplace becoming normal, and this goes on to affect our families and communities. Think about how when you're stressed out about your job, and then if you're at home trying to homeschool your kids, you don't actually feel excited about having the kids there with you because your work is not great. And then the stress just keeps piling up on top of you because In lockdown, you're expected to do everything, teach, look after the kids and your job. How do you see our culture as supporting and accepting insensitivity 
in the workplace? It depends on the company culture or if they got into legal trouble or the human resources department makes it mandatory for sensitivity training courses for employees to take annual. I've noticed that a lot of um, companies, they'll give new supervisors training and then you never have training again <laughs> or, or you'll have training every five years. I really feel that you should have different types of training annually so that it stays with you. Repeating. Um, it might not be the same training, but just different topics to kind of keep you in that mindset because that can definitely go away if you're not reminded. Mm. Or if leadership believes in, in the coaching process and feel it's worth the time, effort, and money for employees to be coached. As you and I know, Angela, it is a good investment for companies and employees. Some businesses just focus on the bottom line and making huge profits for their stakeholders, and they overlook the importance of investing in their staff. Your employees make or break the success of a company. Happy, motivated, and well-trained employees in achieving good relationships with each other, their customers, and having a healthy work-life balance can be achievable with learning and putting into action. Let's say how to communicate without offending someone. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> how to reflect empathy and being respectful is a key to making great a great work environment while striving to achieve company goals and profits for the company. Now, complacency is a buzzkill for any workplace environment. Just like a hostile work environment. During this time of lockdown or even after, companies more than ever need programs and training for all of these new stressful work conditions. How do you handle working from home and homeschooling at the same time? Well, if companies allow flexible work hours to accommodate homeschooling demands, stress management training, video step-by-step -step instructions on how to use virtual technology while working from home, tips and tricks on dealing with conflict while working from home, maybe having relationship coaching, life coaching, business coaching, and also some free hours of counseling for employees to be successful. Angela, a lot of people are losing it right now because of what's going on and they need somebody to talk to. Hmm. And just being open, respectful, and patient and encouraging staff to feel comfortable working together as a team by supporting each other with their strengths. I'll give you an example. 
Someone on the team may be good with virtual technology, so appoint them to be the go-to person to help the team with technical stuff. That's a great example because I see people are piling up more responsibilities on their workers and then if there's a technical problem that creates so much stress and waste of time and if one person could be appointed to deal with the specific issues it could be communication it could be the technology piece and then they may not do some other jobs that they were doing before but they refocus their specific job duties and that would help to reorganize the way things are uh, being uh, delegated, which is what I'm noticing is that there's very little, we talked about that in our other podcast about working, um, balancing your life, working at home. Uh, And that's one of the difficulties of the technology piece. I find what you're sharing, Patty, is so important. What are the benefits of having a coach help with this lack of sensitivity in the workplace it's it's so hard for people dealing with the changes like working at home and homeschooling while also dealing with potentially really awful or hateful feelings between co-workers or um, from co-workers towards their supervisors so how can coaching help people in these troubling times coaching is one of the best tools that people don't realize. What do people really need? They need somebody to listen to them. And people are going, you know, they have their spouse in the house with them or their partner, and they're trying to explain everything to them, and the spouse is just looking with this glazed look over their face. Oh, here she she goes again, or here he he says the same thing over and over again. Well, with with coaching, you have somebody that's actually listening to you that is, wants to help you is concerned about making you successful. And, will help you come up with a plan to get through this. They don't tell you what to do. They ask you questions and you come up with the answers of how you want to handle things. So if you have a difficult boss, you may role play with how you're going to speak, ask a question so that you can communicate with that inflexible boss or that insensitive coworker, or sometimes it can be a combination of both your life relationships as well as your work relationships. A lot of times you're bringing into the workplace baggage from other things in your life. And being able to deal with those feelings and emotions and having somebody listen to you and help you get through that. Mm, That's really helpful. Yeah, I can really see how the home life can be uh, projected or 
<laughs> vomited into the workplace. <laughs> I think that's where I I have my perspective from the personal uh, relationship angle and how we take unresolved stuff from our personal lives and we start to play out those unresolved things in our work space or our work world because now we're working virtually as well. And somebody that you work with may remind you of somebody that you have conflict with. Their personality might resemble that person. So the way that you interact with that person is sometimes the same way that you act, interact with that per, the other person that they remind you of. Yeah, you can't escape those annoying things. <laughs> you think you've got out of it and then you go to your work environment. You're like, oh, my God, there's that same personality again. Yes. Yeah. And you have to learn how can I move past this? How can I deal with this differently? Yeah. So that it doesn't affect my job and it doesn't affect my home life. Yeah. And I think in these times of change, we're just getting used to stress as a normal. And that's my concern that we don't think to live like in a state of constant stress is normal and that we can accept that whether it's in our home or our workplace we actually need deep systemic change and it starts with the way you can work with someone like a coach to look at how to to look at the situation differently what's the core issue here I wanted to share um, my perspective on complacency and how it starts from our personal relationships because I see complacency in the work environment or in organizations as a acceptable norm because we accept it in our personal life and I wanted to share how I developed that habit in my life from my childhood. When I grew up, if things didn't work in my family, I was the youngest of three kids. So I watched by my older siblings and my parents example and in when I grew up it was the 70s and 80s so our parents told us to put up and shut up and just accept how things were even if my parents didn't like how things were <laughs> <laughs> so when when mum and dad were stressed we as children we just went okay be quiet that's how the parents are and we just have to accept it as a result in my life, I've witnessed that when things get difficult, I get complacent with an attitude like, oh, well, that's just how things are. People are upset, angry, dissatisfied, but that's what to expect in our lives. And unfortunately, it meant I had become insensitive to my feelings of feeling unhappy or disgruntled. In could be in, in my work environment it could be in my relationships and so as when I became insensitive to my own feelings naturally I became insensitive to others because when I don't acknowledge my feelings how am I supposed to acknowledge anybody else's and it's mm -hmm. it's a cycle so if I push down my feelings I have to push down others too or push them away 
And that's how the habit of complacency and accepting things the way it is just became second nature to me. So I have two questions to challenge you if you're listening about this very stubborn habitual habit of complacency and the resulting insensitivity in our world or in our family or in our work environments. And the first question is, do you want an insensitive society? And the second question, are you happy being complacent when people are being ignored, hurt or treated badly? And I don't mean some people in the world or certain groups of people. I mean anybody. In my personal life or in my life, I found I wasn't happy when people were being hurt or treated badly and I didn't want an insensitive society. In fact, I get quite angry about insensitivity now. (laughs) Um, But when things really started changing for me was when I did gentle movement in my dance classes and I've shared that in a few other podcasts. In the dance, I discovered a sensitivity to my own feelings and I explored how to deepen that connection to my body and allow more tenderness in myself. And that contrasted with society. I found society, once I came out of that dance, expected me to be tough. But what I constantly found again and again, working with clients, my fellow dance practitioners, I found that we all crave tenderness. In fact, what I discovered is that we're wired at a neurobiological level to crave tenderness. And in the gentle movement, I let go of those society expectations of how I should be. And I started to let go of that personal conditioning around complacency. And I stopped being complacent about my behavior So what I discovered in the gentle movement classes was how to soften so I could start to feel that part of me which craves tenderness and allow it to blossom. And it's a practice I've had for decades. And it has shown me that you never have to respond the way you think you should respond by getting defensive or overactive or by being complacent and ignoring other people's feelings or other people's humanity and that that compassionate part of us it's there inside of us and it's waiting to be expanded however unfortunately society doesn't encourage that and it's not really a place in our work environments it certainly can be a place in our families and communities and that's what I'm doing in the movement classes that I'm sharing So if you want to find out more about those classes, I have that link in the show notes and you can also sign up for the newsletter to be posted about updates. So Patty, I know that movement 
is not the way for everyone to connect to their heart or to connect to that true motivation in life. How do you see a way forward for others who are looking to change the outcome of their relationships for the better, either with their own self-integrity or with the way they treat others or the way they get treated? Well, that's a good question, Angela. I think that each of us can change how we interact with each other. If someone is insensitive to you, you have a choice to participate and be insensitive right back or pause, reflect, not take it personally and walk away. I've had people in my life that are very insensitive and say things that are not nice to me. I can dwell on it and become hateful, resentful, or reflect and tell myself, is their attitude problem, it's their attitude problem and not mine. Sometimes it may be to put a guilt trip on me or pretend like they are teasing me, but really they're being downright mean. And it's not nice. It can be hard to walk away and not take what was said personally, biting my tongue or releasing that bad energy back. But reflect. Does it need to be said? Will they listen to the feedback and take it to heart? Or will it cause more conflict and damage to the relationship? Do I need to end this relationship for my mental health? Sometimes you can't totally end the relationship, but you can distance yourself and put up boundaries. I try to remember each person I interact with may be facing some hard life challenges that they are not discussing. And some are hurting so deeply with emotion emotional wounds that have not been addressed or healed. I believe there are times throughout our lives and careers we may say something offensive to someone and not even realize it. It was unintentional. However, we learn from those mistakes and continue to grow as a person, a coworker, a parent, a child, a sibling, a spouse, a manager, a supervisor and leader. Apologize when you should. Take time to listen, observe, and be open to other people's points of view. Be coachable. Take personal development courses and read books. Hire a coach to help you through any challenges you are facing. Learn from your daily interaction and reflect on how to be better next time around. Now, we can get sucked into poor pitiful me and rehash that over and over again. <clears throat> Try not to do that. It's better to just wipe it off of you and walk away. Because all you're doing is hurting yourself and killing yourself in the inside. 
I used to do that. I had an ulcer, a really bad ulcer when I was in my 30s, and I was in the hospital for five days because of it. You can't keep repeating, letting somebody's words continue in your mind and take up space. Let it go. Walk away. And a coach can help you with that, or a therapist can help you with that. So take that time and really reflect, is this worth worth it? Should And remember, a lot of people say things that they regret later. Why did I say that? It just came off the top of my head. There's no filter. <laughs> yeah. And if you struggle with, maybe you've got words that need to be said, mm-hmm. but they don't need to be said to people at your workplace or and sometimes if they're really dark they don't need to be said to anybody except yourself so you can face them by yourself but you may not be used to doing that and also coaching can help you discover that way to build that relationship with yourself so if you've got negative things inside there's a safe space to to handle them to discover them and to release them safely as well and journaling is a good way to say things that are left unsaid mm-hmm. and then journal about it, rip it up, and let it go. Thank Getting you. it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angela and I both wanted to thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. We would love to hear from you about this topic. Leave us a comment or a voicemail message on the Anchor app. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback. Mm-hmm.